Thank you for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted, where you will hear biblical truths that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. This episode is another short devotional to help you get your day started. So please pause for a moment, take a deep breath, and be blessed. I have been listening to podcasts recently by adults with dyslexia, and I've been listening to their message, what they have to say. I'm pleased with what I'm hearing because we have come a very long way, adults with dyslexia. We really have. And it shows up in the message that I'm hearing. And I would say if I would give it a word, the word would be resilient. I don't want to talk about that word for a moment. To be resilient is to have the capacity to withstand something. It means to recover from a difficult situation. It also means to spring back to life. Now, this new generation that's on the scene now, one of the things I appreciate about them is the message that they have for us. And that is, I'm not broken, so there's nothing to fix. They view the problem, not dyslexia, not themselves, but the educational system that has failed them to provide teachers to teach differently. And to tell you the truth, this has been the problem all along. But we didn't have the resources or even the capacity to recognize that that was the problem. And if you came along in my generation, IDEA had not even been signed into law. Now, they just give you a hint how old I am. Yet, the message was... You have dyslexia, you can't read, therefore you have a problem. And in some cases, they made you feel like you were the problem. Well, this generation on the scene now, they're not having that. They're not buying that. And I am so appreciative of that. And the other thing that I notice, parents of this new generation, I'm going to talk to my children that are maybe 10, 11 years old. They're listening to the message and they're saying, my child doesn't have a problem. Yes, my child needs remediation. They need help learning to read. But here is the problem. And this is the message that the parents of this generation are saying. We need teachers who know how to teach differently than the typical way you teach someone how to read. My child isn't getting it. Therefore, you need to do something different. Now, I really appreciate that message. But how do you develop resilience? Well, one of the ways is to listen to yourself talk. What are you telling yourself? Especially in my generation or the one came behind me. We listen to the negative things that were said to us and we believe them. You're lazy. You could learn if you wanted to. Then we start telling ourselves that we're stupid. We're never going to measure up. We're never going to make it. We start believing that stuff. So we need to change our self-talk, our perception of ourselves. We need to stop believing what other people are saying about us because it's not true. So listen to your self-talk. If you're telling yourself it's too late, if you're telling yourself 
you're too old to learn to read or if you're telling yourself you'll never amount to anything or whatever it is that you want to do, you have decided that because of dyslexia you can't do it, then you need to start telling yourself the truth. You really do. And the truth is we all have limitations, whether you have dyslexia or not. There are some things that a person that doesn't have dyslexia can't do, and that's something that they accept. However, there's always things that we can do. I'll give you an example. I wanted to be a classroom teacher. I went to school. I did my student teaching. But you know what I concluded? Classroom teaching wasn't for me. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. So what the Lord did was gave me a different platform to teach. I'm always teaching, but I'm using a different platform. So what I'm saying is think outside the box. Don't throw the whole box away. Think outside of it. And whatever your dream is, ask the Lord to help you figure out how to make it come true. Even if you must break with tradition of how things are typically done. I was listening to a, I don't know, I think it was biography of someone, of this man. No, this man didn't have dyslexia. Actually, he was, you know, in the things he wanted to do. But he loved to write, and he became an editor of this magazine for over 30 years. Now, his mother wanted him to go to college, and I think he had even enrolled in college. But he came home one day, and he told his mom, I'm not going to college. And she was just really bothered about that, and she was upset. She says, I want you to get a good education. And you know what his response was? Mom, I'm not going to school, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to get an education. I'm going to teach myself. There are some things I want to do with my life, and I don't want to waste my time in school. Now, I'm not telling you not to go to school. But that's so registered with me because he made a decision that what he wanted to do with his life, he did not have to go sit in a classroom to do it. And guess what? That's exactly what happened to him. He became an editor, something he loved to do. And the only thing he went to school for that I can remember is he took a course in shorthand. But I don't remember him getting a degree. Now... The other thing that he did was he talked to other people that were successful and he told them, I want to know how you accomplish your success. And he let them know, I'm not going to school. I'm going to teach myself. How did you build this machine? I don't need to go to school to learn how they build a machine. I want you to tell me how you built this machine. And so he would take the concept and he would work with the person or he would find somebody to work with and he would build a machine. I'm just making something up right now, but it's just an example of what he would do. If there's something about editing that he wanted to learn, he found somebody that was an expert in that area and he talked to them and he asked them questions, but he didn't set his foot in the classroom. Now, I'm saying this because I'm asking you to think outside the box to accomplish what you want to do. This is part of resilience. Resilience says the capacity to withstand. Withstand what? All the obstacles that are out there. And so you jump over this hurdle and you jump over that hurdle and you find a way to get over that hurdle. Everything is possible. Give yourself permission to think out of the box. 
give yourself permission to move away from what is traditionally thought we should do and how we should do something. Make something up. Come up with another plan to do something different that leads you to doing the very thing you want to do. (laughs) It's amazing. And this goes along with our self-talk because if you keep telling yourself you're not going to accomplish anything, you're not going to amount to anything, you know, dyslexia is the problem, then your capacity to be resilient will continue to shrink and shrink and shrink until there really isn't any. The second thing, take it one day at a time. Take dyslexia one day at a time. How dyslexia affects you today, don't assume it's going to affect you that way tomorrow. Take it one day at a time. Today, give your dyslexia to the Lord and let him manage it. And sometimes managing dyslexia is to allow it to show itself, but he places in your spirit to respond to it differently until giving him your dyslexia becomes a habit. And now you are partnering with him. Dyslexia is no longer the problem. It becomes the means in which the Lord blesses you. The third thing is to develop a very active prayer life, a very active study life. Learn of Christ. The more you learn about Christ, the more you learn who he is, the more your faith will grow then you will find out that dyslexia no longer rules your heart. Jesus does. Claim Bible promises is another one. There's hundreds of Bible promises, and I promise you there are many you can be claiming for your specific situation. The Lord loves it when we claim promises because we are placing our faith in Him. So take the time to go through the Word of God and find promises to claim so that you can know what the will of God is. Therefore, you stand in resilience as you wait for him to fulfill his promise. The other thing is to learn to lean on others. Now, I'm going to give you a caveat for this. This is a temporary leaning. This is a temporary support until you get your legs strengthened. What you don't want to do is become dependent on the other person's strength. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym, you're not sure how you need to work out to accomplish certain goals you have. So you hire a coach, a physical fitness coach. This person is there to give you certain techniques and to teach you how to meet your goals. But they also wean themselves from you so that you're not depending on their strength. You're going to take these tips and examples and techniques and you're going to start practicing them on your own. And as you become stronger, you find out that you no longer need the coach. Christ teaches us how to lean on him and how to draw his strength. Now, this is not a temporary leaning on. This is a continual leaning on. And what a good coach will do is to teach you how to lean on Christ as they withdraw their support. They transfer it over to the Lord and you and the Lord now are working in concert with each other continually as he continues strengthening you. And this is in the mind, the heart, and the spirit. 
as you are building your resilience. Another way to build resilience is to find joy. What are some things you enjoy doing? What puts a smile on your face? Incorporate those things more in your life and do them. Make a plan to do them. And I will go back just a moment where I said develop a very active prayer life. Carve out some time just for you, at least an hour, just for you. What I do, as an example, is I get up in the morning at 6 o'clock and I go walking every morning. That's me time with the Lord. I don't let anything interrupt that. I choose not to take phone calls during that time. It's just me and the Lord. And so I spend that time walking with him, talking to him, listening to him. I'm sharing my heart with him. I hold nothing back. Good, bad, and indifference. We have that conversation. And generally, by the time I get back home, he and I have solved the world's problems. It's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. So I will close with this. You are the most resilient person I know. Why? Because you have dyslexia. Christ has endured many things for us, and he has given us the capacity to be resilient because of the cross. We are to keep walking towards the cross, and the more we walk towards the cross, the more time we spend at the cross, the more resilient we become. I want to say one thing about stress, though. Stress can break down our bodies so that our mental capacity to be resilient is stifled. Take care of your body. Put the water in. Find out how much water you need a day. Drink it. Get some exercise. Get some sunlight. Do some deep breathing. Take care of yourself and you will find that you're not only mentally resilient, but you are physically resilient. Having come through great suffering as a person with dyslexia, there's one thing we can always count on. Jesus will stand. He stands with us and he stands for us. Resilience. The capacity to withstand. To recover from difficult places in our life. The ability to spring back into life. Resilience. Thank you for listening to another episode from Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. If you know an adult with dyslexia, please share these short devotionals with them. For more devotionals, please visit my website at www.wrpublication.com where you can read or listen to archived shows. Thank you again for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted and be blessed.